Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It is Adrian Lawrence and we're rocking that snazzy new intro. We're also rocking this guest who happens to be a best-selling author and motivational speaker. And he's also on a mission to influence youth around the country to get involved in their communities. Jaquiel Jackson, thanks for joining us, Jaquiel. Thank you for having me. Yes, so essentially during this COVID-19 whole pandemic thing, during quarantine in particular, you creatively engaged some 200 plus youth from over 70 cities to really make and distribute these 7,500 blessing bags to those in need. What's that all about? So my organization, Project I Am, helps build awareness to homelessness, as you mentioned. And with blessing bags, I full of toilet items that I give out to the homeless. And so far I've done over 70,000. Um, and we just had a six year anniversary. So it was a pretty cool event, just glad to, celebrate the journey, the long journey that we've had um, and it's been a good process. That's amazing and absolutely um, just so needed, especially during the pandemic when a lot of people lost a lot, struggling. Uh, it must have been nice to have those blessing bags indeed. And so I'm wondering, what did you initially, like what really motivated you to start this cause to help the homeless community? So. What motivated me was actually I was about five years old and my aunt took me and my cousins to go feed the homeless. So this was my first time like seeing the homeless and how they live, how they ate, how they slept. And I didn't understand because at five years old, I thought that everybody had homes. So I was really kind of curious about it. So I went home and asked my parents if we can give them all houses. And we obviously can't do that. That was just my five-year-old mind running well, just brainstorming, thinking, thinking of a bunch of things that we can do. And I kept bugging my parents after they said no, I didn't stop. So eventually that showed them how much of a passion I have for this issue and how much I really wanted to do something. So they sat me down and we had a conversation about different things that we have on a daily basis that they don't have. And with all the blessing bags. Oh, very, very cool. I love to hear how you created that concept. And for starting your company, Project I Am, where did that come from? So starting the organization was kind of secondary because at that age, I wasn't even thinking about starting an organization. I was just more about helping others, like really being passionate about that. And an organization came about because we just realized that we need something to back all of all of this up because we were coming out of pocket, like getting the items and doing the bags up. And also, my family, they are business owners, they work for themselves. So seeing that my entire life and growing up around that just motivated me to be my own boss. So it was just uh, something really cool that I thought of. 
That's excellent. And when it came to getting everything together and organizing it, and mobilizing and moving forward, like with the blessing bag distribution event, how did you go about doing that? So the blessing bags that we do, like when we do packing parties, we would do an assembly line and people go around in a circle and get one of each item. Um, but getting the items, that's a whole other different process. We have to uh, find the items and then ship them uh, to other people once we receive them, like when we're doing virtual packing parties. So it, it's a whole process, but it's all worth it so that we can help other other people. That is really cool and it definitely seems that it is worth it. And I know that people are very grateful to you for all the work you're putting in. Uh, and I also understand that you're kind of involved with the Sparks Giving Tuesday program. How did you get involved with that? So my friend Chloe, she actually was uh, the first kid that I know of to be involved with that. So they thought of an idea to create a Giving Tuesday Sparks Kids, basically. And she invited me and a few other kids to be some of the first kids to join. And then later on along the line, it was a bunch of more kids. But I was actually just invited to be a part of that group. And we did some, we're still doing some great things. And in terms of 2022, it's a new year. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people like to try and aim for things greater than where they've already been. And I know you've done a lot, but I guess what's on your to-do list, your goal list for this year? Yes. So this year, I hope to do 20,000 blessing bags and and just work with a lot more youth, at least a thousand. I want to work with a lot of youth because I love working with young people and helping them just reach their full potential in terms of creating their own business or doing whatever they really love to do and just inspiring them to go for it. And I also plan on, uh, well, actually, usually what I say is writing my second book. That's what I've been saying all year, but it is actually going to be coming out really soon. So I'm really excited for that. So you just check it out. But um, it's a really good book. And just doing a lot more campaigns and just getting the word out about my organization. Wow, so you have another book coming out. And can you give us a taste, kind of what's it about? So the book is gonna be about my slogan, kind of, don't wait to be great. And just inspiring kids, like I said, to go out and be great and start their own business and uh, be change agents. That's pretty much the whole point of the book is kind of, a rundown of a little game like a basketball game situation where first second third fourth quarter overtime there's a halftime in there too so it's some good stuff in there wow and i know that also in addition to writing and doing the activism work you do uh you know you also enjoy playing basketball is that right yes yes i love playing basketball yeah what do you like about it uh well actually i've been playing basketball since well i like to say when i was born because I've been playing in my entire life, but um, basketball is just a game that I love. I love the the sound of the basketball. Just it's a real stress reliever for me as well. Like whenever I'm feeling uh, kind of angry about something or just having emotions about something, I can just dribble a ball for for a little bit, and it uh, it just helps really. And I love the sound like of a net when you when you hit a shot. Like I just. I love everything about basketball. Oh, that's amazing. And also, I know you got into some acting, is that right? Yes, yes, I've been doing acting since I was about six. Hi, very nice. And what do you like more, basketball or acting? Oh, definitely basketball. That's that's my main, main goal in life to be in the NBA. But 
acting is something I also also enjoy doing. But uh, yeah, basketball all day. Yeah, well, I definitely think of uh, when I think about basketball. So knowing we just had President's Day, I think of President Obama. I know he liked to go out there and shoot a few hoops. And I know that you essentially were honored by him. Can you tell us the story about that? So Barack Obama in 2017 named me one of 2017's most influential people, along with two other people, and he tweeted about me. So um, after that, like a few months later, once 2018 began, I got to meet him, and it was actually a surprise. It was really cool event i got to talk to him for a little bit shake his hand probably the one of the best days of my life really um and i got to just just see how he moves and he's really tall he seems way taller than what they say i think they say he's six one but he seems way taller um and it's cool to have a, a kind of something in common, common with him because he plays basketball as well and i've seen uh, him play before so he's really good Wow, that must have been an incredible memory. So incredibly cool. Yes, uh, you know that's definitely once in a lifetime. I don't even know how many people actually get that, and also because it's Obama and he's amazing. But um, you know, in terms of the future and where you really see yourself, so ten years from now, where do you want to be? Ten years from now, um, ten years from now, I'll be twenty-four. So, um, I want to be in the NBA. Probably started a, a little bit of a career for myself. Um, still doing my philanthropy work, still helping the community with Project I Am. Um, been I, I would hope to have this started Tiny Homes, which has been a goal for me for about like three years now. Um, so hopefully I started that um, and working towards the monster homelessness and also just still influencing other young people. Uh, pretty much doing what I'm doing now, but just at a bigger scale. Wow, I think that that sounds pretty aspirational and attainable based on essentially your history. You seem to make it happen. And I know you had mentioned kind of in there in combating homelessness. So I'd love to hear your thoughts because that's something that we seem to be working on across the country. What do you think? So in terms of combating homelessness, it's it's a really hard task, especially since there's so many um, like when you think of the idea of demolishing homelessness, like that is, is such a such a, a, a wide reach, and um, it's just a hard concept to grasp. Like demolishing homelessness, like if you really know how many there are, um, you'll think it's impossible. And I, and when I was younger, I used to think it's impossible. And like, what am I doing with these blessing bags? I need to give them houses. I need to go back to that original thought I had, and. Tiny Homes came up and it was kind of like a like a solution for me. It was just um, like a light bulb or something that popped in my head where I realized that this can be um, something that can lead to the monster homelessness. Oh, that would be excellent. And I know there are a lot of people out there who would love to have a roof over their head, especially coming out of hopefully coming out of this pandemic. And in terms of um, making the full journey out of the pandemic and schooling and getting back to normal, what do you look forward to the most? Well, when I was asked this question during like quarantine, I would say hanging out with friends. And while that's happened a little bit, I still want it to happen a little bit more because it's just really busy with school and um, like certain places that you can go. And I would love to be able to just hang out some more and uh, just <laughs> go out and have fun. Really, that's something I'm looking forward to and playing more basketball, too. I I'm looking forward to that. 
That would be excellent. I think we'd all like to get out a little bit more and to play in these streets, that's for sure. So if there are other young people out there who wanna get involved, who wanna follow in your footsteps, who really wanna make change, where can they find out more information? So you can go to my website, officialprojectim.com. Also, you can follow me on Instagram, Jaquil Jackson. And uh, that, it's the same on Facebook, I believe. So all the adults out there, no offense. Uh, if you want to go on Facebook, it's, G, it's official project I am actually. And on Instagram, it's Jaquil Jackson. Uh, but yeah, that's all my information. Fantastic, and I'm sure people are gonna have to keep an eye out for your next book. And I hope it does as well as your last book. And thank you so much for all the work that you do and the influence that you have. We really appreciate it, Jaquiel. Thank you, thank you so much. All right, Jaquiel Jackson, best-selling author and motivational speaker. Thanks for joining us. There is a lot going on in Texas and here to talk about voter turnout and maybe an election possibly. We have Tiffany Muller, President and Citizens United and Let America Vote and Greg Kassar. That's Austin City Council member and movement organizer who also happens to be a Democratic candidate for Congress in Texas. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yes, Oh my goodness. So. Right now, a lot of things are going on in Texas, a lot of issues, but definitely let's, I guess, first focus on voting. Voters already seem to be falling victim to the state's restrictive voting laws. Um, Tiffany, what do you think people need to know? Well, first, they should know that SB1, the bill that was passed in the Texas legislature, is working exactly as it was intended, which is to make it harder for voters to vote and to access the ballot box. We're seeing rejection rates of mail ballots uh, leading up to this primary in March, it, up to 50% in some counties like El Paso County. And this is hitting elderly voters the hardest. Voters who have been voting by mail for decades and now don't fully understand the new law and all the requirements on ID. Um, and look, this bill was created to make it harder to vote. That's exactly what it's doing. Uh, and we have seen this pattern continue from Republican legislators across the country. So voters need to know that they, to be able to protect themselves and make sure their vote is counted, to contact their local election officials, to go to websites like vote.org, and to be really persistent. Don't give up. We are seeing voters be rejected and have to go back again and again to make sure that their ballots are counted. It's really, really unfortunate, Adrian. It definitely sounds unfortunate, particularly given that we've seen so many really controversial, very important issues coming out of Texas. And I know people wanna have their say, and they also want to be able to pick the candidates and the individuals who will be representing them. And Greg, given that you are running for office there, how does this sit with you in terms of having these complicated issues with the ballots themselves? Fact of the matter is, when we had should have been taking care of people during the pandemic, making sure people didn't lose their homes or their jobs or even their loved ones, the legislature focused on taking away people's right to vote. When the power went out here in Texas and people were freezing in their homes, some of my constituents without water, not just for days, but for weeks. 
what the legislature focused on was virtually banning abortion care and discrimination against trans kids. And so people want to turn out um, in protest of those sorts of policies, uh, but we have to make sure we're doing the extra work to get them to the polls. We've seen, um, as we talked about, the, the rejection in mail-in ballots. Also, a lot of community groups um, have essentially had to sort of tailor the G, their GOTV efforts uh, to be more limited so they don't fall under the vague criminalization of quote unquote vote harvesting. And so it is having a real impact, but what we have to do is not give up because that's exactly what the regime that controls the state wants. What we have to do is double down our, our efforts, especially to turn out younger voters. Yes, and I know that there are a lot of younger voters who want to use their voice, but they're also seeing a lot of efforts being put in by the GOP, whether it goes for redrawing maps, gerrymandering, you know, SCOTUS right now with that Alabama gerrymandering decision, all of these efforts that are put in the way. I guess, where do you think people should go with this in terms of their thought about being a part of a process that seems rather corrupt? Tiffany? Well, Adrian, you're exactly right to point out the pattern that we are seeing. The Supreme Court has allowed everything from unlimited and undisclosed money into our politics to racial gerrymandering to gutting the Voting Rights Act. We've seen Republicans in Congress filibuster and block all efforts at protecting our democracy and protecting the fundamental freedom to vote. And we've seen Republicans across the country and state after state uh, pass these bills to make it harder to vote, which we're seeing the real world implications of right now in Texas. And so for voters, it can be really hard to figure out where should they go, where should they have hope. Uh, number one, the Senate can still act. Congress can still act to actually protect that fundamental freedom to vote, and they need to. While the, the Freedom to Vote Act didn't pass in January, there is still time. We could still get it done. Number two, on the state level, they need to contact their state representatives, their state senators, and continue to organize and to raise up their voice. And most importantly, we need to make sure that we have champions of our democracy in office, which is why we are so busy making sure that we are helping to elect champions who are gonna fight for these issues once they get elected. Because we are seeing an all out coordinated attack from the other side. And it's one of the reasons we're also so proud to be supporting Greg and his race, because we know he's gonna go be a voice for the people. Yes, and Greg, and I know you're out there, you know, campaigning, trying to make sure that you get to represent the people. Then can you tell us a little bit about your platform? What really distinguishes you and what you can bring to the table? I think this campaign really is about what Tiffany just mentioned, what Ben Citizens United is doing, which is all about how it is that we can actually make our democracy work for us. Because on top of all of the legalized voter suppression tactics we see out there, we also are seeing lower voter turnout in a lot of progressive areas and communities of color because they want to see and haven't gotten to see as much change as we need from our government here in the last few years. As the cost of living goes up in places like Texas, as childcare becomes harder to get by, and they want to see uh, the Democratic Party be able to actually deliver change for communities. Because when you don't see your democracy actually reflective of what people want, then it makes people not believe in a system uh, for good reason that a system, if it continues to fail them. So that's why I think it's so important for us to do things like end the filibuster and actually deliver a $15 an hour minimum wage at a minimum 
deliver good union jobs for people, restore reproductive rights in Texas, and restoring voting rights is a critical way for us to get to all of those things that we want and need. Another thing that people don't talk about as much as a voter suppression tactic that is fully legalized, especially in a place like Texas, is the lack of immigration reform since I was basically born. In my community, I go to a PTA meeting and basically the most active parents, the people that are giving the most, oftentimes have been barred from voting even if they've lived here longer than I've been alive. Wow, and I'm sure that's extremely disheartening for individuals who are contributing to our society and yet they do not have a voice in terms of who represents them. And so Tiffany, I know that in being the president of End Citizens United and the other organizations that you are working and fighting hard to essentially create that access so that voters votes actually do count and that they're not necessarily manipulated by the corruption that is already kind of in the system. And so as it comes to moving up toward these midterms to these upcoming elections, what is front and center for you in terms of on the agenda to ensure that your agenda plays out the way we all hope it will? Well, I think what Greg just said is exactly right. Voters want a government that's working for them. And right now what they see too often is that they're working harder and harder and they feel like they're falling further and further behind, that their voice doesn't matter, that their vote doesn't really matter. Um, and you know, sadly, too often they're right. We see prescription drug prices continuing to skyrocket. We see that we can't address climate change, um, that frankly, too much of our government, both at the state and federal level, has been captured by big corporate special interest, who's driving the agenda and driving the policy outcomes. And so at In Citizens United and Let America Vote, um, our mission's pretty simple. We wanna get big money out of politics and we wanna make sure everyone has equal access to the ballot box. And so we're gonna keep fighting for any changes we can get passed on the federal level. Uh, we're gonna fight the voter suppression that we're seeing on the state level. But we're also leading up to these midterms gonna be really focused on making sure that voters understand who is out there fighting for them. Who is going to go be a voice to protect the foundations of our democracy? Um, and that is what we're going to focus on is making sure that voters actually know who's on their side. Yes, and the thing is, I find that at least in the last few years, a lot of voters, they almost went with who they thought more reflected them as opposed to who was on their side, even if it wasn't necessarily in their best interest to support that particular candidate. Do you see that as a potential problem? Absolutely, I think that we have had a government that is plagued by dysfunction and gridlock where nothing is getting done and nothing's getting done because of obstruction and because of the filibuster in the US Senate um, and because it's designed for nothing to get done for the people. And so you know, people rightfully get frustrated and they basically are like, I'm gonna, this is why we see swing elections, right? I'm gonna vote for change and I'm gonna vote for change and I'm gonna vote for change because they're just hoping that something will create the breakthrough to actually get that responsive government that they want. But in order to do that, we actually have to have the foundations of democracy that create a representative government. That means we have to get the money out of politics. That means we have to make sure that it's one voice, one vote. And we have to end the racial and partisan gerrymandering that we're seeing. Without having those things in place, we can't truly have a government that's working for the people. Yes, you're here, I definitely agree with that. And I know we only have a few minutes left, but Greg, I wanted to give you a chance to essentially open platform. What would you like the people to hear from you? 
We have the first primaries in the country happening right now in Texas. It'll all be over on Tuesday. And we've heard such a doom and gloom sort of that progressives and real change isn't going to happen this year, but we don't need to play into that. And so we want to send a strong message to the country that we can actually make change. And if it happens here in Texas, I think that has implications for the rest of the country. Uh, the, on The Intercept today, they published a poll showing our campaign far ahead, a poll done independently of any of our campaigns. And I think it shows that Texas isn't a red state, it's an underorganized state. And if we invest the resources and time to get working Texans and communities of color out to vote, we can make real change here, which will impact the rest of the country. Fantastic, and if people wanna support you, find out more about you, where can they go? They can go to casarforcongress.com, C-A-S-A-R for congress.com. Thank you all so much for having me on and thanks to uh, and Citizens United for everything you do. Thank you so much for joining us. And Tiffany, if people wanna get more information on End Citizens United, where should they go? Thank you so much, endcitizensunited.org. Uh, go to endcitizensunited.org and join us in this fight. Yeah, well, you heard it, everybody. Definitely join it, support these individuals, support their organizations. We need to have change and we need people to invest in making it. Thank you both so much for joining us, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, y'all.